Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, we're continuing on our series through the book of Proverbs, looking at wisdom. As I told you last week, today's topic is going to have some mature subject matters and um, parental discretion is advised. And so um, if you feel like, hey, it is probably a PG-13 topic or topics. Um, It's not going to be detailed, but they're going to be mature subject matters. So I just wanted to give you a little forewarning before we get into there. Do you know that the Bible talks about if you cause somebody to stumble, like it's sin? Um, One of your pastors um, caused me to stumble um, this week. He offered me a drink. Um, I accepted it, and um, I've never had this before. It was a caramel macchiata from Starbucks. <laughs> and I took one sip, and I was like, oh, that just went to the pleasure part of my brain. It's like, I want more. Pastor Richie, why did you cause me to stumble like that? I was doing fine with black coffee until you had to, like, spice it up. And get all that sweet and gooey, yummy caramel macchiati, whatever you call the thing, macchiato, I guess. All right, Pastor Richie, thank you for your generosity uh, with me. Well, today if you turn to Proverbs um, chapter 5, we're going to be really talking about temptation And we're going to realize that we, not only ourselves, can face temptation. We're humans, and we will experience temptation, but we have a tempter. The subject matter that we're going to read about is really adultery, but I am going to say anything that really compels us to do things that are outside God's boundaries is really what the topic's going to be. If you're writing, taking notes, which I hope you do, the title of this message is God is Enough, The Problem with Chasing Pleasure. The Problem with Chasing Pleasure. Our world today, uh, as we know, we are pleasure seekers, at least the world wants us to be pleasure seekers. But there's some challenges to that. But I first want to talk about a few scriptures, and I'm going to read them. It's going to be a little bit lengthy. If you have your Bibles, follow along or your devices. I'm going to make some reference to them later on. That's why I'm reading you the whole text. Proverbs chapter 5. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and the speech is smooth, smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol, or hell. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. And now, son, listen to me, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep Your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. 
lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and your body are consumed and you say, how I hate discipline and my heart despises reproof. I do not listen to the voice of my teachers nor incline my ear to their instructions. I did not listen to my pastor who told me to listen to him. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention here. (laughs) I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Drink water from your own cistern. This is instruction to you. Follow water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in your wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Don't go there. (laughs) Be intoxicated always with her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. Think about that for a moment. God sees everything. And he ponders all of his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him. And he is held fast in the cords of his sin. And he dies for the lack of discipline. Can everybody say discipline? And because of his great folly, he is led astray. All right. That portion of scripture is talking about the tempted, you and I. It's a father giving instruction to a son. He's saying, stay far away. There are people who will want to tempt you, who will lead you astray. But you need to be wise. You need to listen to instruction. You need to be aware. And by the way, the main key in this is he dies for the lack of discipline. Well, how does discipline and temptation go hand in hand? Discipline is knowing how to act appropriately. Discipline knows how you have to continue to put yourself through making decisions. Sometimes it doesn't always feel right, doesn't always feel easy, but you do it anyways. Discipline. My question for you is how disciplined are you? Disciplined in your life, disciplined in your eating, disciplined in your other habits, disciplined in your reading of the word, disciplined in your prayer life. Now, it's not legalism, discipline. All right, the other scripture I'm going to, so I want you to just ponder, think about yourself as the one who is being tempted. Now, we're going to go talking about the tempter. Now, I want you to think about this. We are talking about a woman here, but I also want to say that we have an enemy looking to kill, steal, and destroy The Bible said he's like a a lion looking for whom he will devour, searching to and fro. Who am I going to get? So I want you to think about the tempter as actually Satan, the enemy, the devil. It is now placed around this um, idea of a woman, but I want you to be mindful of this because you'll get to see some of his tactics in this. Proverbs chapter 7. 
My son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them to your fingers. Write them down on the tablets of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house, I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense. Passing along the streets near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight in the evening at the time of night in darkness. And behold, a woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily at heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, in every corner, she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him. With bold face, she says to him, I have offered sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. Scoundrel she is. So now I have come to meet you and to seek you eagerly. I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens, and from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. With much seductive speech, she persuades him with her smooth talk and compels him. All at once, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Wow, it sounded pretty enticing, right? Until the realize that until the it's like the ox going to the slaughter, or a stag is caught fast till an arrow piece, uh, pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know what it will cost him. It will cost him his life. And now, O sons, listen to me. Be attentive to my words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim has she laid low, and all her slain are mighty throng. Her house is the way of hell, going down to the chambers of death. The tactics of the enemy are very real. He's been around a long time. He understands how to convince you and how to shape himself in a way that seems so attractive. But the end is always the same. The end is always the same. The end is pain, hurt, whether it's a life on, I mean, whether it's hell here on earth or hell for eternity, the end is always the same. The job of the enemy is looking to whom he will entrap and take down. He cannot stand people who want to be fully alive and living for Jesus. And so as a result, he will continue to, let me see some qualities here. Make it look so nice. Oh, I put a beautiful blanket here. It looks like, look at the latest advertisements. 
It looks so good. It's seductive. It smells. He uses our visual, our senses, smell, taste, eyes to lure us. Any of you fishermen out there or fisherwomen out there? A lure is a little shiny object that gathers the attention of a fish. But guess what? The fish bites. It's hooked. It's now being captured. That's the way the enemy works. It's through the eyes and through the ears and through the senses, the smell. Well, he really plays after the thing that, that God has given us as... Excuse me for a moment. We okay? He's going to get me. He's going to get me here in a moment. We good? No, he lost me. I'm going to come back. All right. What you find is God has purposely put something in our brain to enjoy pleasure. The part of our brain that, that can sense pleasure is called the amygdala. Now, this pleasure part, God purposely put in there because if it wasn't there, we probably wouldn't exist as humans. So we, why do we have pleasure when we eat? Well, we want to desire to eat because if we didn't eat, we would die. The other pleasure part that God has given is this desire to pursue sex, some more than others. I'm going to stay focused here this morning. See, when, when in the right boundaries, husband and wife are intimate with each other, there is some little neurons that go up to this pleasure part of our brain, and then what it, do, it creates dopamine, which is the feel-good feeling. Happens when we eat. Happens when we have sex. But there's a lot of other times that it also happens. It happens when we serve one another. We have this great feeling. It happens when we laugh. Dopamine is released. But it also happens when we drink alcohol. It happens when you take certain kinds of drugs, whether prescription or street drugs. There's some things that take place that release this dopamine, and, and the challenge is, like that caramel macchiata, it's like it releases that pleasure sensation. It's like, I want more. Now, the challenge is, is, is the enemy knows that God's put this in our brain, and it's good in the right boundaries. You see, pleasure taken out of, the, out of God's boundaries creates bondage and pain. That's why we need to understand what God's boundaries are. Now, I also wanted to say at this moment right here that, that this message, I have a feeling this morning is just going to go a little bit long, a little bit, like five minutes more than normal. Are, are you okay? If you need to leave, please go and leave. I, I want to respect your time. But in preparing for this message, I realized that, that my content is a little long, but I can't stop it in the middle. So just kind of bear with me. If you need to go, um, please please go, and I won't think anything of it. I know you have a schedule. The interesting thing also about the amygdala is the pleasure, pleasure part in our brain is also connected to our pain part. And so when you're stressed out and when you have experienced a lot of pain, you find you want to go to those places 
to help you feel better, so you're looking for those pleasure sensations to release the dopamine to make you feel better. I have some concerns. Some concerns that I have is the enemy knows how to play on those things. And I also have concerns that I I don't think that we maybe are in our Bibles enough to know what God's boundaries are, so that's kind of my job. I hope you're in the Word of God and discovering it for yourself, but also God gives us pastors to help pastor flocks into his ways. So I'm going to try to help us this morning. I want to take the issue of sex, but I'm going to take a little bit of issue beyond that, because this is a new phenomenon. With the internet, the ease of streaming videos, pornography has gone rampant in our nation. Let me just give you a few statistics. Males, non-practicing Christians, this is taken from Barna Research, um, who did a survey. Males, non-practicing Christians, the age 13 to 24, 72% of them will say that they will regularly use pornography. Now, Males, non-practicing Christians above age 25, 55% of them say they regularly use pornography. Now, thankfully, as Christians, whether their guilt kicks in or maybe they know it's morally wrong, only 41% of males under the age of 25 would say they frequently use pornography. Still a large number. In over 25 years, males practicing Christians, it goes to 23. Now, you just take all those numbers. By the way, pornography is also a female issue. And, but you just take those numbers and cut them in half, and that's pretty much what the statistics say about females. Pornography, okay, is it really sex? Well, let me just ask you this. It's, if you view pornography, it's not, it's not when you view pornography. It's, it, I should say it's not if you ever view pornography. Guess what? It shows up at your doorstep. It's not if, it'll be when. All you young people out there, you need to be very aware that it will come knocking on your door. And you have a choice at that moment to say, am I going to give in to this or am I going to run the other way? The interesting thing about pornography, though, um, one in two teens, only one in two say it's wrong. One in three adults say it's wrong. And teens and young adults view not recycling as more immoral than viewing porn. It's the world we live in. But can you see that there is a tempter, seduction? Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so innocent. But I'll want to let you know what happens is when you view that, there's little things that go into your brain that touches that pleasure sensor, and there it releases dopamine, it feels good, but then you do it often enough, and then it entrenches in your brain to the place it becomes addictive. Anything that continues to take place um, that releases that dopamine, that it can become addictive. Ex- exercise, strangely enough, can become addictive. Now, you say, well, that's how harmful is that? Well, it's probably not as harmful as pornography. It's definitely not as harmful as an extramarital affair. 
I touched on alcohol last week, and, and I wanted to make sure that I, was, I followed up on that um, with you. Um, the Bible doesn't say there's anything wrong with drinking. Actually, in Proverbs, though, talking about wise and wisdom, Proverbs chapter 20 does say this, and it's important to look at it, being we're in the book of Proverbs, and it talks about wisdom. Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by is not wise. What they're saying there, and there's another scripture in Proverbs you can look up on your own. You need to understand that the things that sometimes are okay can actually lead to bondage. Alcohol can lead to incredible destruction in your life and wreck families. So you have to understand what is the proper boundary, and you have to understand that you have a tempter that says, hey, by the way, if it's really not a sin, well, one drink, well, yeah, but one drink can lead to two and lead to three, and then you become a brawler and you say stupid things and you get yourself into crazy messes. If you've never drank before, I wouldn't encourage you to start drinking. Well, Pastor Mark says really not a sin, therefore I'm going to. Just stay away from it. If you've never done it, just don't. It, it doesn't, it won't really add a whole lot to your life. But if you do, I don't want you to feel condemnation either. But I want to say it comes with a warning label. The warning label is you have a tempter who will tell you, you worked a hard, hard day. You need to, you're stressed out. You need to, you need a little bit to unwind and a little bit turns into a little bit more. And then you realize that you've maybe crossed a boundary and then it's your go-to. And then it increases these, these brain patterns to say, I can't function unless I have this substance. And you're going to take any of one of those, whether it's porn, whether it's drinking, whether it's exercise, whether it is eating. You see, we don't talk about those ones because it's like, okay, well, if I have an eating, if I go to food for my comfort and satisfaction, is that, that can't be wrong. Can, can I be really simple? Satisfaction. Let's talk about that real quick. Satisfaction. The only person that will ever satisfy you is Jesus Christ. So when we start going to other things to look for outlets or satisfaction or coping mechanisms, we're going outside the way that God designed us and we will never find the satisfaction. Instead, we will find that the enemy is there waiting for us to entrap us, to ensnare us, and to create bondage in our lives so we can no longer be effective for Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 6, godliness with contentment is great gain. Which means is when we learn to be content with our relationship with the Lord, he will give you everything that you need to get through life. Let me just talk about work. For example, you can be a workaholic. You can experience... The reality is God created work and we should work hard. That's biblical, to work hard. And don't you feel great after a good, hard day's work? 
it releases, it goes to our little pleasure part of our brain, releases dopamine, it's like you feel satisfied. I'm going to jump into something really, really um, easy for us to understand. The understanding of where's the limit on some of these things? Well, first of all, the word of God is the limit. That is the boundary. Look at what God's word says, and that becomes the box of which you function in. You go outside of the box, you're free game for the enemy. You remove yourself under the covering and protection of what God's spirit has for you is the moment you start going outside that box. So be in your Bibles and and know how it is that God wants you to live. But I'm going to give you a really clear and easy way of understanding where's the limit. Okay, it's going to go after the, the, the pleasure part of your brain. Okay, so if you're doing things looking for pleasure, chances are you're going to bring yourself into places that you shouldn't be. As opposed to, if you want to write down two words, pleasure in one, the other word is satisfaction. But if you're looking to be satisfied and you stop at being satisfied and you don't pursue just looking for pleasure, you're probably going to find that there's some limits for you. I'll give you an example. If you happen to enjoy wine and you have wine with your dinner... When you're at a restaurant and you have a glass of wine with your meal and it's paired beautifully and you drink that and you're enjoying it with your meal, you feel satisfied. And that's your limit, satisfaction. But if you go take it too far, it's like, oh man, that felt so good. Maybe I take another one, another one. Well, now you're going after pleasure. Let's go for eating. When you sit down and eat a meal, are you eating for pleasure or are you eating to feel satisfied? So eat until you feel satisfied and you don't have to worry about that all of a sudden you're starting to eat for pleasure's sake. Now it is pleasurable to eat. Let me talk about sex. Let me talk about pornography. The boundary that we know is sex should take place in the boundaries of marriage only. Not before marriage. Not extramarital sex. In the boundaries of marriage. Well, pornography is kind of a grayer. I'm really not having sex. Well, the Bible does say if you have lust in your mind, it's like doing the act. So you're, sorry, Jesus talks about that. But what if you look at sex? Well, you might say, well, I'm not, you know, my, part, my, my husband or wife is not really satisfying me in that area. And therefore I need to, well, why don't you have a conversation and say, how do we satisfy each other? See, if you're looking for satisfaction over pleasure, we will find that we're staying within the boundaries that God has for us. I'm not saying that you're not to experience pleasure. God put that in our brain to keep us alive. We would not be here today if there wasn't, if we didn't eat and people before us didn't sleep together and produce us. We'd be extinct. But if only Jesus will satisfy, looking for pleasure brings emptiness, but looking for satisfaction brings fulfillment. Just think back on some times in your life and you have to ask yourself the question, is where, where was I going after pleasure 
And where did I actually just feel satisfied? And then begin to see young people drinking, by the way. Let me clarify this one. We need to follow the laws of the land. If you're under the age of 21, you should not be drinking, period. And by the way, if you are drinking, chances are you're drinking for pleasure because you're going to parties. Outside the boundaries. Pleasure versus satisfaction. You have to go back to, to Proverbs chapter 7 to understand the tempter. He's after you. Don't think that he's not. You have an enemy that is pursuing you. By the way, this message has no condemnation in it. Because guess what? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We celebrated today with communion that Jesus took care of it on the cross. However, it doesn't give us permission to keep on sinning. His grace is sufficient to give you the discipline that you need in life to stop doing those things that are hurting you. Wow, I'm wrapping this up pretty good here. I'm coming to the close. The worship team wants to come up. I might not go over. If you just understand what the enemy's trying to do, he's luring you by a visual. He's luring you by a smell. He uses your senses. And the senses are, wow, I want to feel some pleasure. But is he really leading you into a trap? On your way out today, I want you to um, look at those four stained glass windows on the, on the way out. They're the four symbols that kind of define the movement we're a part of, the four square church, hence four squares. Jesus Christ, the Savior. Jesus Christ, the healer. Jesus Christ, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And the crown is Jesus Christ, the soon coming king. I want you to ask yourselves the question, if Jesus were to come back today or tomorrow, would you be ready? Would you be feeling like you've been, you're free? Or do you still feel like you maybe are under this entrapment that the enemy has? By the way, I'm going to give one more little thing about this pleasure sensation. that You'll like this, the young people. You'll thank me for this one. Parents. Social media. Social media can be extremely addictive. Why? Because it sends all those likes send you a little pleasure sensation in your brain that releases dopamine. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> but how much time is getting consumed by being on social media? I've said this before, and I don't know if anybody has taken me up on it, but if you were just to spend the same amount of time reading your Bible as you do on social media, what would your life look like? Okay, here comes the Rotten Tomatoes. I feel it. You're looking at me. I touched a nerve. 
But I believe that Jesus is coming back and he's looking for a bride who's ready for his return. And just in case you're wondering, just because I get to be the one standing up here talking to you, I'm not pointing any fingers by any means. God's working on areas in my life. But I want us to grow together to be ready for Jesus' return. That I want this church to be a church that is, is growing in their love for Jesus, in their maturity, in their Christian walk. But I think part of that maturity is having the wisdom to heed the instruction from the Word of God. Loving each other well enough that when we start seeing somebody stumble or without judgment to say, hey, what can I do to pray for you? We're in this together, church. And I believe that the prompting that I'm getting is Jesus is saying, get ready. I don't know what this get ready for is. I don't know if it's his return or if it's get ready. That so many people are going to be coming to us that we need to have a body that can love on them. That they also need to be set free. But how can we help people be set free if we ourselves are not free? So today, as we close this message, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the freedom that Jesus and his spirit wants for us. Now, just because some of my topics have been topics of, that might have some stigma attached to them, to feel like if you respond to the Lord, oh, they're going to think I have a porn addiction. Well, you might have a porn addiction, but nobody's going to think that. Because the reality is some people work too much here in this room. And you're addicted to your work. And it's robbing you of your family time. It's robbing you of your relationship with the Lord. And you haven't been taking a Sabbath. Some of you are on social media way too much and you realize it's a vice in your life. And you need to respond to the Lord to say, I no longer want to give in to the entrapment is actually putting me in bondage. So as we close off with this song, would you just respond to the Lord by saying, my act of coming to this altar is an act to say that I want to acknowledge that I want the freedom that is available to me through Jesus Christ and his blood and his power. we do that there's something about responding church you know if your heart's already beating fast right now that you'll need to respond let's pray and then we'll worship together father you're so good to us your mercy is new every morning your grace is sufficient you don't desire that we are in bondage. We know that we have a tempter who has tempted us. 
tries to suck us in and creates pain in our life. Help us to have the courage to walk in freedom. Help us to have the courage to respond to you this morning. Set us free, I pray. Make us ready. Make us the church that you want us to be. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 